0: You're on educateforlife.com radio with Kevin Carnivore. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become
1: Unshot. I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over. She.
0: We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say Carnivore or Carnivore?
1: you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover.
0: Bring your time and bring your shame.
2: Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible. You can check it out anytime and it's uh, fantastic. If you want to Become more confident in knowing that the Bible is true and that it's God's word and that you can build your life upon it. Um, I have some special guests in studio today, John Uloa and Arnold Camacho. These guys are both uh, youth pastors. They work with high school students. And uh, guys, it's a real blessing to have you uh, on the air today. I really appreciate you being here.
3: Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And um, if you want to check out their ministry, they're here in Southern California in San Diego. Uh, John Ulloa, uh, he works at Foothills Church, and his website is futurequest.tv, which will talk what, what is that, what is that um, that he's involved in, and what do they do out there at, at the Foothills Church. And then Arnold is with Shadow Mountain, and uh, Shadow Mountain is also uh, has a high school, Christian high school, which I teach at, and uh, so it's a blessing to, to uh, work alongside Arnold, uh, help and reach uh, kids. And uh, his website is shadowmountain.org highschool So if you want to check out what they're doing, you can do that. But guys, I wanted to start off the show today because, you know, my hope is to encourage um, other youth pastors out there who might be struggling in ministry or just looking for advice and guidance. And it's nice to hear what other people are going through. I know that being a youth pastor is a busy job, and so you don't always get to get out and hear what other people are doing or kind of hear some of the insight that they have. So I wanted to kind of... um, give people an opportunity to hear from some guys that have been in the ministry for a while and are, are doing ministry right now. So why don't we start with you, John, and just uh, share with us a little bit of background about your testimony, how you got involved in youth ministry, and uh, we'll move forward from there.
3: Yeah, well, I have a unique opportunity to have come up through our youth ministry. I was invited by a neighbor to our high school group when I was a junior in high school, um, a punk, not really interested in living for God, and slowly the Lord got a hold of my heart. And so in getting involved in that ministry, one of the interns of the youth ministry kind of took me under his wing, began to spend time with me, mentored me. And as I began to grow and getting to know God and began to work alongside him and help him do ministry, I realized I really like this. This is like, this is really fun and cool feeling the Lord use me and, yeah. and serving. And so when I graduated high school, I talked to our then high school pastors, I was like, hey, I'm interested in being an intern And six months after I graduated, I got hired as an intern. And it's been almost 12 years now of working in the youth ministry at Foothills from that time of getting involved and growing in my capacity and responsibility um, to now being the high school pastor there.
2: That's fantastic. Now tell us about, um, so about, uh, and you know, there's a big issue here. People always talk about numbers. They're like, hey, Uh, You know how many kids are in your youth group and all, and that uh, we're focused on the spiritual, um, uh, you know, kind of raising up of young kids. It's not a big focus on numbers, but still, I think it's relevant to our discussion here because I want—I know that the dynamics of a youth ministry are different depending on the size, depending on the size of the church, and so um, what might be applicable to a, a a smaller church isn't always necessarily applicable to a larger church. So, just for our audience. Um, how many kids uh, approximately attend your youth group on a weekly basis?
3: So our high school group that meets every week, yeah. we're around hundred to 130 students that are there each Tuesday. Okay. And then we have small groups that meet throughout the week of those high school students and the numbers number slightly increased in that realm sure. around 160, 170 a week.
2: Okay. That's great. Okay. So, um, and then Arnold, um, tell us about, tell us your story. How did you get involved in youth ministry and, and, uh.
4: Yeah. Um, well, I didn't come to know the Lord till I was a junior in high school. Uh, also, a punk kid, just kind of doing my own thing, and, and a
2: friend uh, invited. <laughs> you, you, uh, punk, actually, do you, is this a qualification for being uh, a punk kid that gets saved I, in his junior year?
4: You know, I think I think so. And you know, I was also chasing a couple girls, so uh, uh, that's, that's what got me to to, to Wednesday night. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'll be there but eventually I found the Lord and uh within time I kind of got the serving bug you know I just wanted to help I I was so grateful for what I had found and and so I just kind of started serving here and there and and I also too I had a couple leaders kind of see that in me and uh eventually I was invited to be a junior counselor at um for 4th and 5th and 6th grade at a camp up in Big Bear and uh And that's where it all began, um, where I just started kind of getting that feel of, whoa, hold on a second, some cool stuff going on here. Yeah,
2: working with these students, and uh, and then and when you say cool stuff, what I mean, what was it that struck you that was so cool? You know, for me, it just one being used was huge. Um, See God work through you, yeah, yeah. That he
4: could, that that I could actually have some effect in, in someone else's life yeah, meant the world to me. And so when that bug bit me, I, I was like, okay, I need to discover this a little bit more. So I, I kept serving. I kept kind of, you know, helping with fourth and fifth grade and, and juniors and things like that in junior high. And eventually when I graduated high school, in high school as a volunteer, never thinking I'd go into the ministry, just thought, hey, this is something that I'd, li- I'd like, to do, I'd like yeah. to do and be a part of. Um, and, uh, but eventually I felt the call. Um, to go into full-time ministry, and and that took about a year, and another story. Uh, but one, but eventually leaned in and yeah. allowed the Lord to lead me there.
2: That's really cool. Now, were you hesitant when you um, and and I'll ask this question to both of you, but Arnold, were you hesitant when you, uh, you know, began to consider the possibility of becoming a youth pastor? Um, what was going through your mind before oh, you made that decision? I'm not qualified. Yeah, at all. <laughs>
4: Uh, I'm not qualified. I don't have the schooling. I, I had a great high school pastor. Yeah. Um, it, at least, you know, in my eyes. And uh, and God really used him to move in my life and many others. I honestly believed if I could get my, my friends to my youth group, they would get saved. That's that's how strongly I felt about our youth ministry and, and my youth pastor. So I put him up here. Yeah as far as what a youth pastor, what a pastor looks like. So as soon as I started feeling or uh, believing that God was calling me into youth ministry, I'm like, there's no way, because I would just compare myself yeah. and other pastors in my life. And so I felt unqualified. I felt like that's not for me.
2: I'll kind of go my other road and do this on the side. So and, that, I was very hesitant. Yeah. And what changed your mind? What eventually got you to the point where you were like, you know what? Okay, i uh, move forward even though I don't feel qualified.
4: Yeah, I, I think once I got to a place, and it took about a year, yeah. uh, people counseling, and also, again, leaders seeing gifts in me. Um, but eventually coming to that realization that you're right, you're not qualified. Um, you don't have what it takes fully. But with me, you know, I will make you qualify. And fantastic. so once I came to that understanding, I'm like, all right, here we go. And I just kind of said, I will uh, let you lead me, Lord. Um, You're going to have to everything from schooling and where am I going to go and how I'm going
2: to pay for it and all those things. You're going to have to come up with those things because I don't even know where to start. Yeah, and that's really. I mean, I think that's the experience of a lot of uh, people going into ministry. Is man, I don't, I don't feel like I'm there, right? You know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, John, yeah, share with us the same, same, same question. Um, How were you feeling when you were asked after 12 years you've been serving? And now they asked you, hey, um, take on this huge ministry and, and get involved. What what was going through your mind?
3: Yeah, thankfully I had, you know, as Arnold did, leaders that saw potential in me and called that out and said, Hey, we really see this as you know, future for you. And I also felt a couple distinct calls from the Lord to do it. And mm-hmm. so it made it a little bit easier, feeling like I'm doing this out of obedience. Okay, God, I, I've felt you distinctly invite me to to this calling as yeah. a career. And so all right, even though I don't really feel the most confident and like I maybe am the right guy, I'm going to walk forward. Um, And having leaders let me know, hey, like we see this future for you. We want to groom you and help you and train you to eventually get to that spot. So as I grew in responsibility and took on more, it wasn't a surprise because I was told, hey, we want to help you grow in this and to get there,
2: So they weren't just going to leave you out and go, hey, go for it, man. They, they were going to support you and, and kind of uh, mentor you and disciple you along the way.
3: Exactly. And so yeah. I've, had, I've had phenomenal pastors and leaders and mentors who have invested in me and showed me, here's how you do this and what this looks like.
2: That's great. Now, um, I, I meant to ask you also, Arnold, um, so how many uh, students approximately weekly are you uh, seeing in the youth group?
3: Yeah, so
4: we meet twice a week. So on Wednesday nights is our small group focus. So we have about 120 to 130 students in small groups. Similar size. Yeah, and then on Sunday mornings, we'll average about 170
2: to to 190. Okay, fantastic. Well, my guests today are John Uloa and Arnold Camacho. These guys are uh, working in high school youth ministry and... My goal today for the show is just to encourage those of you out there to know um, maybe what your youth pastor is going through at his church so you can be praying for him. And also, if you're a, somebody getting involved in youth ministry, um, that you can know a little bit about what to expect and hear from some guys that have been doing this for a while and uh, how they can encourage you. So we're going to be right back. Stay with us. And uh, and we'll continue to discuss uh, high school youth ministry.
1: 619 When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on
2: you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. You can listen to a recording of this show as well as previous shows, have all kinds of guests on the show. Uh, Not too long ago had uh, Dr. James Torr. Uh, one of the uh, top 50 scientists in the world talking about uh, how evolution just can't work. Also, not too long ago, had on uh, David Reeves, uh, uh, who is a a national radio broadcaster himself, uh, talking about the creation and evolution issue. And not too long ago, I actually got to interview Michael Shermer, who is uh, president of the Skeptic Society uh, here in America, publishes Skeptic Magazine. We had a very interesting discussion. So uh, check those out when you get a chance. My guests today are John Uloa And Arnold Camacho, John, is a youth pastor out at Foothills Church here in Southern California, San Diego, East County. And so is Arnold. He's at Shadow Mountain. And if you want to check out their ministries, I encourage you to do so. FutureQuest.tv is the website for John. And then ShadowMountain.org backslash high school uh, for Arnold. And uh, John, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what what is FutureQuest and um, how does this play into your youth ministry? And give us a little background on
3: that. Future Quest is an annual youth conference that we started and that we host on our campus every year. Uh, this is our 21st year running our conference. 21
2: and years, that's amazing.
3: Yeah, we started at around 250 students, and now we have around 2,400 that come every year. And so it isn't just for our church, it's for the church. Uh, we invite students from seventh grade to 12th grade. Uh, So we have main speakers, concerts, attractions, practical workshops uh, to help them grow. Our our vision for Future Quest is that students would come, youth groups would come, and be empowered, be given vision, hear from the Lord, and take that back to their respective churches, neighborhoods, schools, and live more boldly for Christ.
2: That is fantastic. Now, um, I've had the privilege of being able to be a speaker at that um, for for several years now. And uh, I I was blown away the first year I came there. I could not believe how many students there were there. But what I really think is cool about it is how you take um, kids and you have them go out and do um, actually kind of feed the poor and do different things, reach out to the community. Um, It's not just sitting and listening. It's actually getting out and doing doing stuff.
3: Yeah, a vision for Future Quest is for students to understand they have a call from God right now, not mm-hmm. later, not when they're older or married or have a career. Right now, God wants to use you, and so part of the vision for Future Quest is give them hands-on ministry opportunities to see how God can use them when they're willing to step out in faith and do something.
2: Now, how does this impact your youth ministry? I mean, is this just for other youth groups? They come in, they they experience this, and they go back to their home church. Um, what is the impact of this particular event on your church as a whole?
3: This is, it's an injection of adrenaline into our church every year for our all of the people of our church. Everyone knows Future Quest every year. We have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that help out every year of all ages throughout our church. And for our youth group, um, same thing—an injection of adrenaline for our students. Our camps and Future Quest are the spiritual highlights of many of their lives. So many of the testimonies we hear of students are, "Oh, God." got a hold of me. God changed my life. You know, over half the time that we hear those stories, it's at a future quest. I met with the Lord, I experienced him. And so for us, it's an incredible testimony of just God's faithfulness and goodness. When we present an opportunity for students to come and encounter him, he shows up.
2: That is great. And, and you said the highlight for you uh, where you're seeing kids really radically impacted or you're hearing uh, people come to know the Lord um, is through Future Quest or the camps? What kind of camps do you go on each year?
3: Our youth ministry runs camps uh, during the summer and during the winter months. You know when students are on break, and sure. so we do a camp in August and another camp December January over those breaks.
2: Okay, and um, do do are a lot of kids that aren't a regular part of the youth ministry come into those camps, or is that mainly your um, your youth ministry?
3: Yeah, we actually, we see a lot of students who will come to camp or come to Future Quest every year who we may not regularly see, mm-hmm. maybe due to schedule conflicts or other things, but camps tend to be a big priority because we we design them to be very spiritually focused. We want students to come and encounter God, but also very fun and engaging. And so they know if I come to camp, I'm going to have four days of an incredible time and I'm going to meet with the Lord as well.
2: That's great. Um, and then when, um, when you have these camps going on and everything and, and kids come to know the Lord, you know, one of the questions I think that's out there is there's this uh, kind of um, balance that you have to keep between discipleship and also um, drawing kids in. You know, it's evangelism, but then you don't want to just go wide. You want to go deep too. And so is that, uh, it, uh, how does that uh, work out in your youth ministry?
3: In our ministry, we have a couple unique aspects to it. Yeah. Where we have an entirely different ministry um for outreach. So we have clubs on public school campuses uh that we support, Bible clubs at the junior high and the high school level uh that we support. And so that's part of outreach for us, but we also have teen centers, uh, four of them around East County that we're actually five now. We have one in Alpine that we are involved with. Um where we are reaching out to students in their neighborhoods, inviting them to come to these centers where there's free entertainment, video games, pool tables, ping pong. And they're run by volunteers who build relationships with students, mentor them, teach them about Jesus. And through those centers, we bring them into church and into the youth group. So we have this evangelism Aspect to our ministry that's kind of outside bringing students in, and as they come in, we bring them into small groups. We bring them into our weekly youth meetings, and they're able to go deeper in that way.
2: I see. Okay, and then when when they come in from these Bible clubs in the schools or they these teen centers, and then they end up going to camp or they get involved with Future Quest. So um, this is kind of a uh, this is kind of the process of discipleship, them getting to know the Lord deeper while building relationships with mentors and so forth. Exactly. Yeah, that is really great. Um, well, uh, Arnold, um, I know that uh, the ministry you're involved with, I mean, you have an event going on um, this evening. You're working with uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and yeah. supporting what's happening there. That's really amazing. Um, what, are the, what do you consider the key kind of events or, or where are you seeing uh, kids come to know the Lord um, through the ministry? Is, is it similar to what uh, John is saying? Or? Yeah,
4: I mean, we'll, we'll have um, events throughout the year mm-hmm. as well that kind of, if you look at it like a funnel effect. You know, at the top of the funnel, a little more outreach, and then just pack it down all the way to the bottom where where we would consider our Wednesday nights and our Sunday mornings, where more of our regular kids come and we get them connected to small groups, yeah, so a little more evangelistic would be like an event like tonight, so we partner with like FCA, who is in the schools, um, you know we, we we know that they're there, they've established a long relationship, yeah, and um, it helps gets us into the schools, and we like to partner. With them, and so tonight' uh, event is a is a picture of that, where we're working together to, um, you know, not only bring athletes but all students, and and we pump it that way, and and we advertise it that way. That's not even though it says fellowship of student athletes, it's also the gathering yeah. is partnering with them, and so that's kind of one event. Uh, we had another one just a few years, uh, sorry, just a few months back in September. Where it was specifically to like young high school girls, and so we had a hundreds of girls show up for this, and had Sadie Robertson here to be able to speak to those girls and encourage those girls. Yeah. So again, trying to create events that um, are a little more wide open, um, where it's easy for a student to say, "Hey, you should come to me mm-hmm. to this," um, where it may not be easy. For, for them to say, hey, you want to come to Bible study with me on Wednesday night or to Sunday morning? That makes sense. Um, um, and so another one for us is river trip. So we don't have a winter. We have a river trip in the spring. And so that's become kind of our go-to for uh, really wide open. It, make it very, very inexpensive um, and make it as easy as possible for a kid to invite multiple of their friends to get to the river. And there is a very just... Clear opportunity to present the gospel um, and, and keep it kind of grassroots. And from there, we kind of push toward summer camp and other events during the summer where they can get involved and yeah. go deeper
2: in discipleship. That's great. So. Uh, my guests today are John Uloa and Arnold Camacho. They're both high school youth pastors. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the struggles of being a youth pastor. And uh, I mean, some, of what, uh, <laughs> some of what Arnold and John have to face. And hopefully if you're out there listening, this will give you an opportunity to think about what you can pray for your youth pastor, how you can support them. And um, if you're a youth pastor out there, hopefully this is encouraging to you to let you know that you're not alone, that the struggles you're facing aren't something that just you face, but that you can uh, find encouragement from these two guys um, as we uh, talk about this more. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: For I bring my
2: need, I will bring my heart.
1: Welcome to
2: Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. If you uh, want to check out some of my shows, you can lo- look at us on YouTube. Um, you can also hear us on podcasts. Guys, wave to the camera. Uh, this is uh, my guest today, our John and Arnold, and uh, both youth pastors working in uh, relatively large churches. And, uh, you know, I used to work in a, a youth uh, ministry. I was a, a youth pastor of a smaller church, and uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of work, uh, a lot of challenges, Very rewarding. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about that with you guys. What are some of the challenges you face and that youth pastors face in general? And um, maybe some encouragement to people out there about how they can pray for youth pastors, and their own youth pastor in their church, as well as maybe there's somebody who's just getting involved in, in youth ministry and what you advice you might give them. Maybe some potholes you hit that you could help them avoid in, in uh, as they enter youth ministry. John, we'll start with you.
3: I think one of the number one keys in Longevity in youth ministry that I had to learn was how to overcome discouragement mm. uh, anyone in full time ministry knows like ministry can mm-hmm. be discouraging with young people, especially um, as fickle as we as people are when we're young and it's even worse and yeah it's just a reality <laughs> yeah um, and part of it is just the way that God created us yeah. um, to be passionate and zealous and and there's just a you know a foolishness that comes with youth and so in youth ministry, learning that what I'm doing, I'm doing for the Lord, not for myself, not for a number, not even like not even for this specific student to see some kind of growth that I'm expecting, but, all right, God, you've called me to be faithful and to serve here. And as I'm doing that, I can have a peace that like I'm being obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, me being effective means me being faithful to Jesus and serving and loving these students and trusting that the outcome of that is in his hands. And Mm. I don't have to carry the burden of that because I went through seasons of feeling like, Oh, they're not responding. Mm. They're not growing. You know, this kid that I'm mentoring every week is getting worse. (laughs) Like what have I done? And just recognizing as I'm, yeah, (laughs) as I'm being faithful to love and serve as God's called me to, I don't have to carry the burden of, the outcome of that. Yeah. And so. Uh,
2: well, that's a hard lesson to to learn because it's one thing to know it in your head, but it's harder to feel it in your heart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a friend who told me once, youth pastor, he said before each, uh, you know, service, he would hide behind the chairs and lie down just lie down because he was so afraid <laughs> yeah. of how things were going to go. And, yeah. uh, and then, you know, um, I know I used to beat myself up after a, a Sunday morning. If I felt like I did a bad, I'd be like, honey, how did I do? And, and she'd be like, stop asking me that you ask me that. every <laughs> Sunday. And, and so how do you get that from your head? Because it's, uh, to your heart, is that just time or how did that work for you?
3: a number of hard lessons that, that the Lord really was able to kind of drill it in where I, I realized like, I can't take this. And he was like, well, why are you trying to carry it in the first place? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and also that lesson, like, I wish I could say just on my own, I discerned that and came up with that. Yeah. Um, I asked older leaders, how do you do it? How do you, how have you done this for so many years? I watched them get burnt, and people, people turn their back and betray them and, 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 I had my pastor told me that's how I remember. I'm doing this for Jesus, and the outcome isn't on me. As long as I'm being faithful and doing what He's called me to do, I can trust that the outcome of that is in His hands, and I'm I'm pleasing Him by being faithful and obedient, regardless of what that student, how that student may or may not respond.
2: Mm. So it's just consistently just refocusing on Christ, and that hey, I'm I'm being faithful.
3: Absolutely, because if I'm focused on just the results or the number or, you know, wanting to see the student perform a certain way, I'm going to be disappointed nine times out of ten.
2: Yeah, and there is a pretty high attrition rate among youth pastors. I mean, I've, I've heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that the average time is only about five years that somebody stays in youth ministry. Do you know if that's, that's accurate? Is that I mean,
4: it would fit with the every two years they get moved from one place to the other. Okay. And that can burn you out. Yeah. You know, and get more discouraging. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with with what um, what John said. Uh, you know, for me, I had to—I was sitting at a stoplight after uh, being in a Bible study through the book of Acts. Yeah. And it finally hit me uh, where we kept studying this idea where, where um, as you read through the book of Acts— um you hear um the Lord say, I added to the church. You know, Christ is the one that adds to the church. Mm-hmm. He's the one that grew it, yeah. not to these guys and and their efforts. And that to me hit me so hard where I felt the Lord say to me, you know, you're worrying too much about the heart work that's mine Mm, um and you need to focus in on what i'm giving you and uh and once i felt that peace and that release come off that weight off my back pressure off it was it was a lot of pressure um where would these kids end up and then after a year and years and we've been doing this you 12 years me 13 you you know you start hearing where these kids go Mm. right get married you know jobs whatever and Sadly, a lot of times you hear the, a high percentage of kids that just drop off yeah. or what they're doing with their lives, and you wonder, w- was your work in vain? Yeah. Um, so there's the immediate, but then there's that longevity. Once you're in it for a while, you're like, oh, man. And so that could even be discouraging. So I needed that. I needed the Lord to just release that from my back mm. and be like, let me deal with the heart. You deal with the environments that you're bringing those hearts into. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll work. You know, I'll work through you, and that's great in that ministry. So, yeah, and and that is
2: tough, but uh, yeah, amen to that. Uh, God is the one that brings the increase, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so now wh- another issue I think that people struggle with, you know, is um, is family time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it can be overwhelming as a youth pastor. You you just are doing this twenty four seven, and uh, mm-hmm. it's not your um, you know, eight hour a day job. You're uh, you're on, you're on right. call. I mean, you, you might as well be a doctor, but you get you know you get paid uh, much oh, less. So. And, uh, yeah. so, so how do you guys navigate that, um, Arnold? We'll start with you. How do you navigate the the constant pull to do more, more, more?
4: Yeah, you, you, there's never um, a lack of. Work, Yeah, (laughs) uh, that's for sure. And you can ask my wife on that, getting phone calls sometimes at two in the morning Mm. from students who, you know, finally they got got something or they got themselves in trouble and they help, (laughs) Uh, you know, things like that. But um, for me, uh, I I did have to learn er early on and I learned the hard way of getting involved in running and going and and chasing down students and, and trying to, you know, do the best that I could uh just feeling this burnout really yeah and um and so learning through that I, I I learned that um you know my family really is my first ministry, and then I had kids, and I really needed to engage in that yeah um and so what I do is um I gave my wife a trump card, and basically she has say if you know she sees me you know out too much or too many nights or too many hours or things like that, She's she's got the call to be able to say, all right, babe, you know, you've been gone these days. This is kind of what we're seeing because I think what happens to us is we get into this tunnel effect of mm-hmm. go, 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 go mm-hmm. that you're not able to it's step It's almost like back. chasing the carrot. Like, exactly. I'm almost
2: there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Exactly. Yeah.
4: And uh, and you, you you can't step back and, and look at what you're doing. And so for me it's been super helpful to have my wife. And so I constantly ask her, babe, how, how am I doing? How is family time going? You know, and along with that comes a lot of preset things, you know, having dinner on these nights mm. because, you know, Wednesday nights I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my I get home, my kids are asleep. Uh, so 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 that balancing out getting ahead of it and then just having a constant conversation with my wife that like you know, you've got you've got the call here.
2: Yeah, I want to. Um, I'm going to ask you another thing. We're coming up on a break here, but I want to ask you a little bit more about that. My guests today are John Uloa and Arnold Camacho, and they are uh, longtime youth ministry workers and youth pastors. They work with high school. Stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the struggles of being a youth pastor and how to overcome those struggles. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: How much time and money do you spend buying lattes and espresso drinks? Express Fix Coffee invites you to discover super automatic espresso machines for your home or office. Enjoy delicious coffee drinks at the push of a button. Dave Martin and his local team help you choose the perfect machine for you. Call Express Fix Coffee for new or used espresso machines, repairs, parts, or accessories. Learn more online at ExpressFixCoffee.com. Call Dave at 619-825-3985.
0: This got to be more.
2: Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Please uh, give us your feedback. Love to have um, your thoughts. Love to hear you sharing with us about um, some of the stuff you're hearing on the radio. Uh, Program. You can check us out on YouTube, podcast, uh, my website, educateforlife.org, also on Facebook, Instagram, all those uh, social media outlets. Uh, Love to have you um, just chime in and give us your perspective and your opinion. My guests today are John Uloa and Arnold Camacho. Uh, They are youth pastors here in Southern California. Uh, FutureQuest.tv is John Uloa's website, and then ShadowMountain.org backslash high school is Arnold's uh, website. And I wanted to ask you um, specifically, Arnold, you said that you gave your wife the Trump card when it comes to family. <laughs> now, that's not a political uh, uh, position, <laughs> no. but um, you you basically said um, at some point she gets to say enough is enough. So yeah. um, practically speaking, how does that play out? I mean, has has she ever had to call that on you and be like, hey, look, it, here's the deal. Um, you've been away for a week, um, you know, the next two days. And how do you how do you? Speak that to, you know, your your senior pastor or the person that's above you. Um, yeah. How do you convey that your wife is saying, hey, you're doing too much? How does that play out? Yeah,
4: so definitely it's happened in the past. Not in a harsh way, sure. like you need to take a sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it has happened in moments where, you know, camps are around or uh, the the calendar's getting loaded. Yeah. That's another thing, you know, we share that, that calendar and we kind of put it in red to make sure that this is what's going on and it starts adding up. She'll be like, "Hey, we need to think about that because you're going to be gone here. The kids are going to be doing this. You know, I will be working, whatever." Um, and so, and what I love about our leaders is that they encourage family, mm. and so that's a huge—that's thing valuable, is yeah. that they're not expecting for me to put my my family on the back burner while I do ministry. Mm. And so that's been nice to have those conversations with my leaders, and they from the very beginning be like, "Look, healthy family is
2: important." You know, caring for Yeah, if your, if your, your family's falling apart, uh your ministry's gonna fall apart. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's just gonna feed right into that. And yeah. so yeah, so she's definitely
4: had to call it. I also have, you know, uh a spicy wife who <laughs> is not afraid of me. Yeah. And uh doesn't take me too seriously. And so uh along yeah, to so shoot she has no problem yeah. letting me know what she thinks. <laughs> yeah.
2: She she is uh our wives are honestly the the helpmate, right? Um mm-hmm. the Bible says that. I thought this was really interesting. I heard somebody say that the word that's used for helpmate in Genesis is only used um, by uh, about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, that's mm-hmm. really powerful. Um, that God yeah. uses the same word for the wife that He does for the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's yeah. pretty intense. That's uh, but it's true, though. We need that. So, so share with us,
3: John. Um, how does that play out for you? Well, for me, I am not yet married, mm-hmm. so I am in this unique. Position you of don't being have able the whole to spirit, yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well Holy Spirit's all I have, so I'm relying <laughs> on him. Relying on him more. Um uh, where you know I'm I'm able to pour in a different amount of time and energy, yeah. which you know, in this season I'm enjoying. Yeah. Um and so, you know, eventually that isn't going to be the case, but it still doesn't change the fact that there is I have to find a balance there because Absolutely. there is always more work, there's always more need, there's always another student that could use someone to talk to or meet with and, and realizing that I, in those times where I'm trying to do everything and, and things get off balance, I am not well suited to work with young people when that's off balance. Oh yeah. Um, And recognizing, all right, I need to step back. I need, you know, it's, it's interesting that being in ministry, you can be so busy in ministry that you neglect your own relationship with the Lord. Mm And so carving out, that's really a good point.
2: What you just said there, maybe we can camp on that for a second because um, a lot of people look at ministry and they go, Hey, that, you know, there's my relationship with the Lord. But when you say you can be so involved in ministry that you neglect your relationship with the Lord, what, what do you mean by that exactly?
3: I think it is easy to, to take what I do for God and to say, like, oh, this is my relationship with God. And, mm. and it's not, it's part of me serving Him and being obedient to Him and wanting to honor Him. But a relationship with Him is just like a relationship with anyone else, it's built on time and communication and you know if you know a husband if you're just running around doing work for your wife but not ever actually spending time with her or talking to her your relationship is going to suffer
2: yeah and great
3: point you know i know there have been times where i have been busy so busy doing things for god i realize like, oh i haven't actually spent any time talking to you or so how do you how do you um
2: not having a wife and, and there's many youth pastors that are single um how do you hold yourself accountable to that. How does that work? Um, uh, as far as, you know, going, okay, man, I need to scale back a little bit.
3: Part of it is having leaders that I'm open and transparent with mm-hmm. mentors and close friends in my life who yeah. I know aren't going to be afraid to call me out and be like, Hey, like there's something off there. Uh, you know, I have a mentor that I meet with and, and share all those things with and give him kind of a, a open, um, open communication to call me out and to to help me to grow yeah. in those areas that maybe i 'm not recognizing myself
2: okay that 's great, so good advice for those who are in in ministry is have somebody out there that that uh, you know isn 't necessarily somebody that uh, is directly involved with you in ministry or somebody that you can uh, be open and transparent with mm-hmm. yeah that 's great absolutely um, so uh, something else I wanted to ask you guys about that I think is a big thing on people 's minds is volunteers. You know, I think um, there's a struggle to go. Okay, I, I'm I'm trying to pull people in here to help out. <laughs> uh, and how do you how do you guys work with volunteers? How do you raise up volunteers? How do you inspire volunteers? Because um, that's not always an easy thing to do um, when you're placing a lot of expectation, especially when you're doing something like Future Quest or these these uh, camps and uh, right. and river trips and all. And uh, so. Uh, tell us, Arnold. How do you work with volunteers?
4: Yeah, people will think sometimes, oh, you work at a large church, so you'll have you know an abundance of volunteers. Yeah, and That's yeah. not the case. No, um, okay. I think across the board doesn't matter what size church you're at, you're going to struggle with volunteers because yeah. people are giving their free time, and uh, and so for me, I learned early on. It's it starts with a couple things. One. The type of leaders that I think we're looking for, which is inspiring and working with teens yeah. and um, hearing their stories, um, they want to be pursued. They, they, they're they not just going to look at a invitation in the bulletin and saying, oh, maybe I'll show, you know, throw my name in the bucket. Yeah, Because especially for us, we're talking about teenagers. And what happens to adults a lot of times is they feel like they're going to be
2: taken back to high school. And let's be honest, high school wasn't always the best yeah. for all of us, right? There's a lot of pressure from different groups. And, right. Uh, I, I think a lot of uh, adults are intimidated by uh, high school very students. Inti- right? Very <laughs> intimidated, you know, and yeah. then do I have the right answer? You know, yeah. all
4: those things. So they want to be pursued. And so so in that, what I like to do is I like to very uh, truly personalize it and, and cast a very, very compelling vision. Um, I feel that if I can get them to agree on the vision and be about the vision to the point where, where do I sign up? Mm. Um, and not only that, how can they be a part of that vision to help us accomplish the goals that the Lord is calling us to in that ministry? I think you, ha- you can have them for life because for me, I know something that they may not know. Mm. And that is they've been built to be a part of the church and the body of Christ and to work in ministry not necessarily full-time like us, sure. but to be a part, right? And so I know that if I can just get them to that place where they sink their teeth into ministry, even just once, seeing a kid come to the Lord for the first time, oh yeah, seeing one of their small group kids get baptized, or maybe that kid that you've been working with for months finally gets it, and you see it in their face, get it. That's the world, man. Yeah, That'll be the world to your volunteer. And so giving them space to... So not just saying it, yeah, but actually doing it, where you're not going to do all the work for them, you kind of back off and you let give them space to do some of that ministry. So not micromanaging it.: Correct. Yeah. Um, actually trusting them and not treating them as wallflowers, because that's what happens a lot of time to volunteers, I think, I think is key. And so what you promise them and what you envision for them, truly make it happen for them, and once they sink their teeth into it and they see it actually planning out oh man
2: they'll stay with you forever that's cool very good advice well well um we're on a break here but uh john we'll get your feedback on that question too how do you how do you work with volunteers how do you inspire volunteers Um, my guests today are john Uloa and arnold camacho uh youth pastors youth uh, high school youth pastors so stay with us we got one more segment left
0: For 36 years, Fast Lane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fast Lane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride. 619-222-0766. FastLaneSailing.com. At Dana Landing arena across from SeaWorld, 619
5: genes.
6: homes dot com.
2: Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and I really appreciate you being here with us today on this Saturday. And uh, if you're watching online, I hope you're enjoying the program so far. My guests today, John Uloa and Arnold Camacho. And uh, it's always good to hear what people... Um, are going through uh, from a different perspective, right? In youth ministry, especially, you can get trapped in kind of uh, your own uh, bubble because you're so busy, you're doing so much that you don't get to hear other people's perspectives or what they're going through or how they do things, if they do things differently. So I think this is a great opportunity to just hear from two guys that have been doing ministry for a long time. And uh, again, uh, John's website is futurequest.tv and ShadowMountain.org uh, backslash high school. And uh, real quick, John, you were saying that you had a concert coming up in February. Um, I'm sorry, Arnold. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, in,
4: Fe- in February, we're having a Sidewalk Profits here, uh, which is just invitation really to all, but, you know, really pushing toward youth and young young people. Um, so that's February 18th, that evening. Great, okay. On Sunday night.
2: And then when is the river trip typically?
4: The river trip is always the last weekend of April. Okay. I believe this year is April 28th and 29th. Where we literally jump on charter buses and go out to the Colorado River with a bunch of boats and we wakeboard and we tube and uh, have live music. What a blast. And it's amazing. How many amazing. kids end up going to that? Uh, we had 210 wow. last year. That's so uh, cool. with, with leaders too and whatnot, but it was hot. Yeah.
2: Uh, but it was fun. We had a great time. That's great. Fantastic. Again, that's shadowmountain.org backslash high school. And then, John, um, uh, Future Quest. When does Future Quest happen?
3: Future Quest is the last week of June. Uh, This year is going to be the 27th to the 29th of June. It's a three-day conference. Students come at noon each day, go home each night around 9, 9.30 p.m., uh, and it's broken up main sessions, workshops, free time, concerts, uh, so there's a wide array of stuff for them to be that's doing.
2: That's great. And you need a ton of volunteers for that, right?
3: Yeah, we have hundreds of volunteers. So how, many,
2: how many volunteers uh, make that? You said you have hundreds. Like You're talking like 100, uh, 200,
3: 300? Like more in the 400 range. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 400 volunteers. So, so how do you get those volunteers? And then, um, you know, how do you, are, do these volunteers stay on throughout the year? I, I, you probably don't need that many, but how do you inspire? Kind of the same question I asked Arnold.
3: Yeah, I'm fortunate. Our senior pastors' their heart is youth ministry. It's a vision for our church, mm-hmm. and so I, as a high school pastor, I don't feel like I'm trying to sell people on that vision as much. I feel like they do it. Oh, that's great. Um, and so a lot of our church is involved in youth ministry and kids ministry, junior high, high school, uh, and so Future Quest is a regular part of the life of our church, and everyone knows every year Future Quest is coming up. And so Get we do involved. have, yeah, so we do have volunteers who. The only youth ministry they do is Future Quest every year, but they love it and know I'm all in for yeah. Future Quest. And then there's some that you know we have a lot of our like faithful youth volunteers who help throughout the year in small groups or in our various youth ministries who also will help out at Future Quest every year.
2: Yeah. Now, do you have any struggles with volunteers? I mean, what what are uh, are there any uh, you know struggles that you face having so many volunteers, organizational wise, or things like that?
3: With with Future Quest. There are times it's like, all right, we don't need as many volunteers as we have. And giving every, <laughs> this giving. is not a problem that most people have, right? Yeah, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, it's just future quest maybe where we feel that way. Yeah. But of course, as with any regular youth ministry, as Arnold said, like, there's always a greater need for volunteers. Yeah, We do a, a survey of our students every year on uh, what are the most successful aspects of our youth ministry, especially our graduating seniors. What have you enjoyed the most yeah. over these four years? And as much as we would love that to be, our program and our messages and whatever <laughs> the, the top rated thing almost every time is relationships with adults. Yep. Wow. I and think, so same, same thing we, 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 Try to let our volunteers know, hey, we need you. There are students who need you, who yeah, desperately that, want relationships. That's relationship. really
2: interesting because a lot of volunteers, that wouldn't be going through their mind. They'd be mm-hmm. thinking, these, these kids don't want to know what I, you know, I'm an old uh, fuddy duddy here, right? Yeah,
3: yeah absolutely.
2: <laughs> so, so that's interesting. So what is it that the kids are gaining from these relationships with the adults that's uh, so powerful?
3: Well, some students don't have a Christian parent at home. Hmm. And so... an adult that they're going to meet at our youth group and build a relationship with and get to know on a first name basis and open up to is going to be the only older Christian influence that they have in their life at a personal level. Yeah. Um, And some that do have godly parents, we have students who grew up in our church, their parents are involved um and they and their parents will recognize the value of having someone else reinforcing those oh, godly yeah, values and, yeah. for them to talk to.
2: Yeah, because sometimes a kid doesn't want to listen to their parents and, and they're like most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh to have somebody else say, No, I agree with your parents, that right. that helps to uh partner with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Huh. Very interesting. And then um we're we're running up here, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to just throw this out here real quick too. So um I think a big struggle, you know, is discipleship in a way and um, going deep. And in, in, um, I think when I was a youth pastor, I was um, battling between drawing kids in and then um, hoping that they would stay for the meat of the word, you know, to really right. get to know uh, God. Um, how do you deal with that when there's so many things like that are uh, attractive otherwise, like video games and uh, we have so much with social media and all. And what are some of the things— and I know we're going to run it out of time before we can finish this discussion, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of struggle with what's happening with social media and um, kids on their phones all the time. Yeah. Um, how are you dealing with these uh, issues that really are pertaining to now versus back when I was a kid or maybe you were a kid, they weren't the same issues. Um, how can people pray for young people today and, and some of the struggles they're going through? Arnold? I Honestly, I, I... I think that there's something out there
4: that trumps all of those things. Mm. Um, you will always deal with them, um, you know, but I I think it's relationships. If you can put a person, a uh, mentor, um, I mean, look at us. We ended up here because yeah. of mentors. We ended up here and because people pers- yeah. yeah, And we were punks, <laughs> too, in our own way in that time, even though, you know, we had pagers, well, at least I, I did. And uh, fax machines. And fax machines, you know, whatever those are, right? And so so I feel like it's the same thing. It's community, it's 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 connecting a student to an adult that says, you know what, I'm gonna take some personal responsibility to find out where that kid is spiritually and help them take their next spiritual step. It doesn't matter if they're a thousand steps before Jesus or a thousand steps after Jesus. I'm just gonna take that and consistency in that. I feel that if we I honestly believe if we if when kids come to our ministry um, uh, if I can get them to a small group where the dialogue can begin, not necessarily an adult just spitting out a bunch of verses and a yeah. bunch of stuff at them, but actually connecting and talking with them and giving them an opportunity for that, those kids won't leave. Because mm. they're like, man, this is a place where, because think about it, between Sunday and Wednesday, how many how many opportunities has a kid has actually had to speak? They're spoken at all the time, coaches, teachers, parents, me on Sunday morning, right? But on a Wednesday night, it's like, no, let's flip the script. And I tell my leaders, the less you can speak, the better. Ask good questions, guide them. That's great advice. Allow these kids to have a dialogue. And there is where you'll see, man, this person, and then you do it consistently. And then, you know, we go beyond that where we have them try to show up at their games and birthday parties and things like that if we can. And uh, in all of that, to me, that stuff is trumped with a relationship. Because once you actually build that and, you, and these kids actually feel like someone cares for me and is pointing me to Jesus, I think slowly those things um,
2: can be defeated. That's fantastic. John?
3: Yeah, I second that. And also and you're, you're talking about entertainment and kind of battling against that. Mm. One of our philosophies of youth ministry is we earn the right to speak to students. I know that I'm going to ask you to sit and listen to a 30 or at our camps, maybe 45 minutes, you know, you're sitting and and hearing something, Hmm. but I'm going to make sure that you have an incredible time and I've earned the right to speak to you because the more fun that a kid has and the more I can engage him, even with using those things, using video games and using different things, um, you're going to be more open to the gospel. You're going to be more open. You're going to trust me more. And I'm not just a random person being like, Hey, sit down and and listen to me. But I, I, through time invested and fun and energy invested, like we have a rapport and I can speak to you. Yeah, that's the relational
2: aspect, aspect, yeah. yeah. Guys, man, it's been a super huge blessing having you on the program today. And um, hopefully you out there listening, I I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Again, please check these guys out. John Ulloa, uh, futurequest.tv, and, um, if somebody has a question, do you guys mind if they shoot you an email or something? Not uh, at all. Yeah. So, uh, please reach out to these guys. If you're feeling alone or you just need some advice, these are guys with experience, Arnold Camacho, shadowmountain.org, uh, backslash high school. And, um, please reach out to them. Um, know that, uh, we are the body of Christ. Uh, and just because we're at different churches doesn't mean we can't, um, lift each other up and help each other out. Amen. So, Amen. uh, let's all work together to love people and, and love God. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. And I look forward to having you uh, back with me next week. uh, We'll be interviewing some more uh, amazing guests. God bless you. Bye-bye.
0: Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcast and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800 243 9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com. That's K E V C O N at
1: educateforlife.com. You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep
0: telling me I'm not right, but that's alright.